0: it's charlie ray and now another episode of the musings of mr clay and charlie ray
1: know-it-alls welcome back this week we have a special guest host again charlie ray is with me and we are going to talk concerts all right one
0: of my favorite topics one of my favorite things to do
1: all right charlie ray when it comes to concerts i've noticed uh you have probably the most concert attendance tickets anything that i, I could even think of for any human being that i've ever met in my entire life How how does one go about seeing as many shows as you've seen? How about you tell the listeners how many shows you've actually seen?
0: Well, it depends on how you count them. I mean, I, I have my own way of counting them. Uh, I count them by how the band seen. So even if I saw like four or five bands, I call that a concert by that band. So like, if I go to a festival, that might be 65 shows because it's 65 bands I've seen. If I whatever I watched, if I don't if I don't watch the band, I don't count the band as part of a festival. If I see like two bands in a night, because of the way I do my I keep a meticulous spreadsheet. That's my nerd side, uh, as well as my extensive scrapbooks. And so, if you were to basically look at all the lines of concerts with the dates and the bands and the shows. It's about 3,500 to 4,000 at this point in my oh,
1: life. God. I can't even fathom that. I, I've seen maybe 200. And I consider myself an avid concert goer. But now I, I guess the festivals, it really, really adds it up, right? Because I've seen a bunch of festivals and there could be like, you know, 15 bands for the weekend. I'll watch three of them. But, you know, I still say I've seen all 15 because I was there. They were playing, you know, when I was getting a drink or I was walking around, I, I still witness the show
0: yeah that's kind of the way i feel too i mean sometimes because of like band conflicts i'll see half of one band set half of another because they're playing at the same time yeah uh, that's happened to me a lot with some european festivals i went to like i had to make the the at least once in a lifetime metalhead trek and i went to as they say wachen uh in uh in germany i did that in 2008 um i think the most of our festivals in one year i went to was about 10, and that just about killed me that year. Um,
1: those are all in your local area or, or were you? Flying? Oh, no.
0: Um, I mean, I one year I, I went to Germany uh, twice in one year, as well as three or four places around the United States. Um, you know, so, I mean, I had more ability to travel some years back when I had more vacation time than I have now. And honestly, I was, uh, younger and, you know, feel that full of that, uh, vim and vigor to get out (laughs) and do more, but it's also getting to the point now where it's hard for me to find a a festival that I want to spend that much money on when I've seen 80% of the bands, at least once in my life.
1: Yeah. That's another question I have is when you, when you see multiple, multiple viewings of the same band. That's categorized as individual viewings, right? So you see the same yes. band four times. That's four different shows. Yes. Yeah, I do the yes. same thing as well because I've got a couple of bands that I've seen, you know, probably not in, in
0: your neck of the woods, but upwards of, you know, 15 times. Right.
1: Uh, when yeah. you tra- well, Sorry, what were you
0: going to say? I was going to say, now I have a special category. I got a category of bands I've seen five or more times and bands I've seen 10 or more times. And then after that, it gets, it gets to be pretty rarefied air. But like I've seen Motorhead like 15 times. And the band that I've seen the most, this will be hilarious, but is L.A. Guns. I've seen them 24 times. And the reason why it's hilarious is because it's not the same kind of lineup. It's like four different versions of the singers. One was a guitar player, you know, because they've, they've splintered and reformed and all these things but yeah that was the number one band i've ever seen is 24 times so
1: the name is the same but the lineup is different exactly okay yeah. when you uh, when you travel overseas like when you go to germany and stuff do you do anything else in germany or is it just strictly you're there for the weekend for the festival and you fly home
0: um if i can i try to do something more um i've been to one two three four four german festivals uh hold on Hold on. I want to rephrase that. Yeah, four times. Yeah, four German festivals. Uh, I went to the Keep It True Festival in 2006, which was in uh, Lauda Konigshafen, which is down in the Bavarian, almost down in the Bavarian area. That's my favorite place
1: in Germany, hands down.
0: Yeah, someday I'm going to go back there and enjoy Oktoberfest the right way, which that, means, which means, that's I'm, getting, plan. Yeah, which means I'm getting... Yeah. I was supposed to go
1: this last year. Like I had oh plans with a, with a friend and then obviously, you know, the whole world gets thrown upside down. So we had to postpone that. But yeah, it would have been my first Oktoberfest.
0: Yes, I totally want to do that. Okay, we might have to do that together. I want to get totally... I want to get totally shit-faced and see at least a couple of really hot German girls with low-cut tops and lederhosen. So... Yeah,
1: ha- handing yeah. out, you know... Two liters of beer per per. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And,
0: and we have to get some killer schnitzel while we're there. That schnitzel in Estonia did not cut it. <laughs> oh, hell no. That schnitzel was a joke, man. But it was the best schnitzel place in all of Estonia. (laughs) That's true, too.
1: So you have to look at the the positive about it. It was either that or all the vegan places around it that weren't open. Oh,
0: my God. That place was interesting. Uh, So, okay, so I so I was there in uh, 2006. Uh, I basically was only there for the festival and didn't really go much of anywhere. Uh, I came back in 2008 and I did the same festival again in the springtime. Didn't really do much else. And then I came back that summer and I went to the Keep It True Festival Uh, which is about an hour outside Hamburg in the north, and it's also about an hour away from where Wacken is, uh, also in the north. So basically, I went up there for the weekend, partied my butt off, saw a bunch of bands at a small festival. Then I went back to Hamburg and saw some of Hamburg for the first time and hung out with my friend uh, Steffi Kroger uh, over there. She's uh, a a good friend, and we went to places like the zoo. Got to feed it, got to feed an elephant for the first time in my life by hand. That was amazing. It was really you know, a weird thing to do, but it was cool. Uh, got to see them consider guinea pigs to be an actual zoo worthy exhibit. That was hilarious. So, you know, things are a little bit differently, but I saw some of the city, I saw some of the wharf area, I got to catch a band at like a, a local metal club there. That was really cool. Uh, And then I went to the uh, Vakken Festival, which is like, as they say, one of the largest festivals in the world. So I went from a festival of about 2,000 people that was a very small family atmosphere to 120,000 people. That was every epitome of drunken, debauchery, rock and roll experience that you can have. And yeah, I'm too old for that crap anymore. (laughs) No sleep. So when you're looking at uh, cost, what
1: do you think? you've spent on concert tickets alone not the travel not the hotels just the
0: tickets oh gosh yeah uh, like are there I'm shows sure, you? i'm sure for? i'm sure oh yeah i have gotten lots of shows for free i mean uh you know i i did a magazine back in the day so i got a, a lot of free stuff from that um you know i've snuck into a few shows in my time um uh and then I've been doing a radio show for several years and got to see a lot of shows for that way. And then, you know, I just sometimes I just skip stuff because, you know, I can't afford it. If I've seen the band several times, I don't I don't have the money. I might not feel like it. Or if I've seen the artist and I like them, I might see one tour and then skip a tour and then see him the next time. You know, that kind of thing. It depends, and it, it depends on how well the new album is. If I really enjoy the new album and I know they're going to play two or three new songs that I want to see live, yeah. then I go. You know, um, but, you know, I mean, I can't afford to do everything I want, unfortunately, but I'd say probably I've spent at least 50 grand on concert tickets, probably more, you know, Eh, yeah, that's probably about fair if you don't include all the travel expenses. So money well spent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, lots of great memories. Whether so it's <laughs> if
1: you're adding in uh, airfare and accommodations, what do you think that that number is? Oh, probably another
0: twenty thousand. I mean, most most of my shows have always been here, uh, eh, twenty thousand, maybe twenty five thousand. I mean, I, I've done quite a bit of travel. I mean, I went to went to California like six years in a row in the early nineties for a festival thing out there. I went to California again three years in a row, like here about two years ago, like the three years before that. So like 2015, 16, 17 for the Frost and Fire Festival. Uh, You know, I've driven to Chicago for several festivals and I've driven to various uh, places just to see concerts. You know, I flew down to Austin, Texas once for for a weekend and caught four shows in two days. That was a whirlwind. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I've never done anything
1: like that. I mean, I've done like, you know, fly to Vegas to watch a show for the night and fly home. Uh, yeah. you know, I've gone to Phoenix, Arizona to see a band flew out back home the next morning, but not nothing like four shows in two days. Like,
0: yeah, it was crazy. I went to, I went to a show with the red Eye fly and, and I watched this band that had Paul I'dell in it. That was the guitar player from dirty looks and, uh, and then broken teeth for a while when it was, and it was nominally in the video they shot that night. Like you can see me for like a half second almost. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, and then I went over to another bar and caught the last, the headliner from that show and then the next night i went to uh a show at this place that's now closed like the ink bar or something i don't know what it's called but i saw uh whoever the opening band was i saw broken teeth and saw part of lance keltner then i bailed on that early went back to the 810 bar and i caught this band called igniter as the headliner that night and then i flew home the next morning so friday night saturday night flew home flew down there like on friday afternoon did all this stuff i mean crazy Uh, you know, I flew, I, yeah, I mean, I've, I've done stuff like I flew to, uh, to the San Francisco areas. I had a friend of mine that lived in Santa Cruz at the time. So I flew out there, uh, on a Friday night, stayed with him, came back to San Francisco. I saw YNT headline, the the Fillmore, which is their first time they ever got the headline the Fillmore. So that was really cool. And then the next night I caught the, uh, testament record release party for their formation of damnation album this is in 2008 so i got to see four bands play that night and i was there for a couple more days hanging out with my friend and then i flew home so that was my weekend and it was hilarious because one guy is like i was talking to him he's like "Well, where are you from your accent's not from anywhere from around here i was like oh i just flew out for the weekend from kansas and he's just like blown away that i just flew out there to see them play i'm like well yeah why not
1: <laughs> what else are you gonna do right you have a little exactly. extra money and some free time what are you
0: gonna do put it in the bank and what never use it exactly i mean if i had enough money and time off i'd probably be on at least one or two road trips every month flying somewhere to see a band
1: yeah no so. i feel you when it comes to getting into the concerts do you ever do any backstage stuff do you ever like get a meet and greet do you do you pay for the meet and greets have you ever snuck backstage <clears throat> or is it just not interesting you're there for the music and that's it
0: um yeah i don't really get that much anymore you know, the whole music scene is contracted so much and becomes so much more of a, of a how much money do you have more than anything else? Or or if you're like really far up in the, uh, like, like if you're like a top-notch, top-of-the-line market radio station and you're a head DJ and you get there, yeah, you'll get backstage and meet the band. Yeah. But if you're, if you're just some nobody, and especially as a dude, the chances of getting backstage are really slim. Uh, you know, back, back in the 90s and back in the early 2000s, Back when people actually gave a crap about magazines or they gave a crap really about small people who promoted it, you could get stuff backstage. I mean, let, let me think some of the coolest experiences I've ever had uh, backstage. Uh, uh, I'll give props to a, a lady named Laura Kaufman. May she rest in peace. She uh, She worked for CMC International Records, a small little record label here in the 90s it kind of took over after grunge kind of killed all the metal bands and stuff being signed to major labels. Right. And she'd worked for Krebs management and she worked with like Aerosmith and stuff back in the seventies. So she was connected to people. She wasn't, you know, you know, at one time she was really playing with the big boys. And so, you know, a lot of these bands like, you know, twisted sister and, you know, kicks and uh Paul Rogers from Bad Company and stuff. They signed with these smaller labels because the big labels were just ignoring them. So she had a lot of what you would call formerly big people that had basically been kind of downsized. So I can't remember who the headliner was, but Paul Rogers from, you know, from Bad Company, you know, rock legend uh was, he- was, was the opening act. And she got me a backstage pass for that show. I got back there on backstage at this big, you know, outdoor concert venue. And they take me back there and they kick me to this room and I'm the only person in there. And he comes in there and he kind of looks around and says, Oh, Hey, you know, have you saw and So I'm like, yeah. And so we're talking and he's like, so, so how'd you get, how'd you get back here (laughs) or whatever? Did you win a radio contest or something? No. And I'm like, I showed him my little magazine. So I said, no, I just, I do this magazine and stuff and blah, blah, blah. It, it was like you know we spent like five or ten minutes just talking he signed some bad company stuff for me told me you know we talked about some stuff and i told him you know hey i'm a huge fan blah 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 you know the usual the usual fan you know yeah stuff and and that was it you know and i got the, and i go i went out you know but but you know i've had stuff like lucky happen like you know my friend might have a backstage pass like you know, I I got into Damn Yankees one time, and we snuck in the side door. I didn't even have a ticket. We snuck in the side door, and uh, a friend of mine let me in. And we got in, and uh, then I ran into another friend who had some extra backstage passes. We so ended up after the show got to go down and meet Damn Yankees, and uh, I used to have this guitar pick earring, and uh, so we're standing there taking a picture, and there's you know the whole band, Ted Nugent, and uh, you know and. Uh, jack blades from night ranger and tommy shaw from sticks and all and I'm like, you know again all formerly you know pretty good sized people yeah. and then at the time ted nugent says hey that's a pretty cool idea for an earring and he reached his pocket and he said here why don't you have one of mine and gave nice. me a guitar pick and i was like nice that was where, nice yeah
1: where is that guitar pick right now
0: it is in my scrapbook oh nice absolutely yeah um I, i'm so really happy I mean. to, to not hear you say uh fuck if i know yeah fuck if i know <laughs> Uh, nah, you know, at that time I was much better about keeping up to date on my scrapbook. I I don't always keep it as accurate as I'd like anymore. I got a lot of work to do to kind of get that back to snuff for my, for my own personal benefit. Just so I can, one day when I'm like, you know, gumming, gumming friggin whatever. And I'm 80 years old going, ah, what we'll can me an 80? Look at me a 20 with hair. Be so proud of yourself. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, I mean, I, you know, I got a million of those kind of stories, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I mean having the balls, you know, I mean, well, it's not really concert related, but like, you know, I, I interviewed Lemmy and I had the balls to tell him that he's my second favorite band. You and know? What, what, what did he say to that? Well, did, did he, did he, he bite or did no, he just, well, no, no, he, he stopped. When we were talking and he stopped and I said, oh, you know, I just wanted to pretend you how this, how awesome is this is for me! I said, you know, you're my second favorite band of all time. You know, I mean, and who says that to a band, right? No, no, I mean, no, no. You well, always say, you're my favorite band." When you're talking to somebody, yeah, but and they expect goes, that. They expect yeah, you to it, say, "You're my favorite band," right? Exactly, exactly. So, but you know, but here, you know, and, and he says, so he goes, he goes, second favorite band he goes, who's first? Huh. And I said ACDC with Bon Scott, <laughs> and he laughed. He says, "That's all right. I knew it well." <laughs> and then we went on with the interview and he didn't you know he didn't take it to heart but you know the thing is about lemmy is he really respected you if you told him the truth he didn't try to blow smoke up his butt so uh you know i mean um backstage stories i don't know i I I don't have any i don't have any cool stories like watching somebody do you know cocaine off a hooker's ass or anything but uh
1: i I wish i had those stories in real life let alone backstage at a concert yeah, I mean, I could go make it happen. I guess, right? I mean, cocaine and prostitutes aren't that hard to find. That's true.
0: Even even in twenty twenty one. Yeah,
1: probably a lot more cleaner, and they do house calls. You know.
0: Yeah. So now you got to worry about them videoing you and putting it on YouTube. I don't mind that. Yeah, I'm not famous enough to create a sex tape with. So no.
1: So you keep talking about this magazine. Yeah. You had a magazine. You created a magazine. You worked for a magazine. What? Which one was it?
0: Uh, all three, I guess. <laughs> uh, so
1: you just you had your own like fan magazine.
0: Yeah. But what, what happened was back back a long time ago, uh, there was a Kansas city magazine called bonsai that was started by a guy named Jim Kilroy here. And he's kind of, he was kind of, he started like around 85, 86. Right. So he was really the only rock magazine really going here in Kansas city. And so I picked that up like every other, you know, fan, you know, rock stores and, you know, metal, you know, CD stores, and not, well record stores really at that time. And I was like, I've been reading it for a while. And I was like, I can write as good as these people writing these album reviews and you know lord knows i was already buying cds i mean i already had like two or three hundred cds by 1989 you know or so yeah and tons of records and so i wrote up two or three really i thought pretty good album reviews and mailed them into the address that was on the magazine and he published them so april 1990 i got like two or three of my reviews published can't tell you all of them i can tell you one of them i think that was a band salty dog was one of the first ones and so from that point on, I started writing more. And then I ended up becoming his data transcriber. So I'd go over and I'd type the stuff into his old Mac from all the people who hand wrote stuff in, would mail in the reviews and stuff, all the writers. So, uh, and then uh, I started doing stuff more for him. Like, like he'd put on local concerts. Sometimes I'd work the door, you know, or. Something like that, take the cash at the door because he trusted me to you know watch the money. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, And then from there, uh, basically it got to the point where his magazine wasn't coming out very frequently. And yeah. there was, se- and there were several of us writers and we all basically just farmed out and did our own thing. I mean, it was kind of like a family tree, you know, you kind of see like, like this band and then all of a sudden you see all these branches come out. Well, that's yeah. kind of the way, that's kind of the way it was for us. So uh, a friend of mine, Jerry Nibel, he started a magazine that he called F.E.H., F.E.H., exclamation point. And has lasted about a year, year and a half. And he focused a lot more on some heavier stuff than I did. I was more hair metal still at that point, and you know more hard rock. And he covered some other stuff, but he'd also published some of my stuff in his magazine too. Like I interviewed uh, Yngwie Malmstein and, and Michael Vescara on their 1994 album. And he, he, you know, so he'd run some other stuff in his, and then my friend Kurt Mason, uh, who, who's passed away, he, uh, he did a magazine called sounds heavy for several years and I cut and I wrote for him. And then I started my own magazine in 94 called uh, more than music magazine, because I did a lot of other stuff in there besides just music. And, and so that ran from 1994 to 2006 when I just finally said, well, there's it, no point in keeping this going. The internet's taking off too much, you know, the, the printing costs trying to do a thousand copies. The, plus you're running out of places to put them at all the record stores are going out of business. You know, I mean, it was, you know, the old scene days is just, you know, it's just kind of gone, you know, everything's moved to digital and, uh, and. So you didn't yeah. want to move to digital at the time, or it was just,
1: you didn't understand how it worked.
0: Well, I hadn't really learned all that stuff and I thought about doing like a website and I just, well, you know me, I never get around to a lot of things, but I have lots of ideas. <laughs> uh, you know, and, um, and about the time that ended, I kind of wanted to take a break from it because there's a difference between really loving music and enjoying it and uh, and it becoming kind of like a job and especially a job that doesn't pay any money. Um, and, and it was really cool with the magazine when I first started because you got lots of free stuff, lots of CDs, lots of. Cool stuff, promotional stuff, you know. Yeah, you know, like, uh, and then by the early 2000s, everything started going digital, and it's like, oh, we want you to run a review and doing all this, and oh, here's some, here's some, here's some files. Great, you want me to spend, you know, maybe 20 bucks for that portion. I mean, uh, each page might cost me a hundred dollars, you know, like a, like a. 20 page, 30 page magazine might cost me $1,000 to print. So every page is costing me money. And all I'm getting out of it is a digital file that I could probably <laughs> just pick up from Napster for free. Well, yeah, I mean, I do want to help promote the bands. I do. I absolutely do. And, and I would do stuff even when sometimes I would review things that I bought because I really loved them. But if you want me to review some stuff and it's just something that I'm not really interested in, and you you know, it, it costs me money, it costs me money and time. And, uh, and I, and I hate to say that that way because, you know, but, you know, I didn't have money just falling out of my, my butt to just, you know, do what I'd like to do. Well, there's a so difference I, between like a hobby and work, you know what exactly, I mean? Exactly. Exactly. And it, it, and it was, a it was, you know, it's, it was a hobby. I wasn't making any money. I yeah. never made any money off of the magazine. There was like a couple of three of the first ep- issues when I was able to actually land some advertising money. I even broke even on one issue that was, amazing. But every other issue, I always lost tons of money. But again, I got free concerts out of a lot of it. I got to meet bands. I got to interview bands. You know, I got to one year when I went out to California, I got to sit down and have lunch with me and Kurt and, and Graham Bonnet from Alcatraz. And he was in, and he was in uh, uh, Michael Shanker's band and, uh, you know, Bob Culloch, who's passed away, who's the br- brother of Bruce Culloch from Kiss. He, he's done a bunch of stuff with bands, you know, you know, just you know, just the opportunities I had to meet people and do things, it was totally worth it. I mean, I mean, you know, Hey, I was single and a young guy and I had money to burn. So it was fun. It was, it was, it was more fun, but, but, but when you got to the point where you're just getting albums, just crammed out, crammed out, crammed out, it got to be, it got to be burnout. I think it's like anything you get, you get burned out, you know? So, so I needed a break and, and uh, I hadn't really figured out what I was going to do music wise. I just went back to being a fan for those three or four years And then my friend Kurt Mason passed away, and he had a radio show called The Rocker, which uh, me and several friends took over. And then we renamed it, or I renamed the show to High Voltage, which is in tribute to ACDC. And my nickname for the show, which is The Night Prowler, is an ACDC song. So obviously the show called High Voltage, and my name being The Night Prowler, is pretty easy to figure out, my favorite band there. Uh, and i've been doing that for 11 years but again everything's digital now so me playing stuff on the radio it's like oh here's some digital files to play like great i can play that off of youtube awesome you know
1: if somebody wanted to listen to your show where and when would they find it
0: Uh, well the show is obviously if you're in kansas city you can listen to it here but it's on 90.1 fm uh, kkfi but if it's if you listen on the internet it's streaming it at www.kkfi.org. Uh, it's on at midnight Central Standard Time, which is Chicago time. And then if you can't listen to it that time when it's live, if you go to archive.kkfi.org and just type in high voltage or look for the show title and the song shows listed, we keep two weeks at a time archived and then, then it drops off. So it's a rolling two weeks okay previous show so
1: Um, uh, sorry when what night is it that's wednesday I oh
0: know. i missed the, yeah it's uh so hard to say when it's a show at midnight basically it's it's tuesday at midnight yeah. or wednesday morning at 1201 a.m whatever you want okay. to say i mean it's uh but technically it's really wednesday morning so, so and that's and that's been fun
1: out, out of the bands you've seen what are the top two recommendations like if somebody said hey i've never really been to like you go to a lot of like hardcore metal, like whats well, is, what is what you're really interested in?
0: Yeah, pretty much hard rock and metal um, is, is my favorite genres. Really, God, you know, it's the, the thing is, is if you say all time, who would I recommend? You know, I'd say something like Motorhead, but you can't go see Motorhead yeah. now because he's passed away. Um, you know, same thing for really seeing ACDC back in their heyday, or even when I first saw him, which was in 1988, you know? Yeah. Uh, same thing for ZZ Top. My three favorite bands are AC/DC, ZZ Top, and and Motorhead or well, yeah, basically. Uh, you know, I, I've been fortunate enough that I've I've met Angus and Malcolm. Uh, I've, I've met Lemmy several times, interviewed him, and I've met ZZ Top twice. So, I mean, I can't say I haven't had at least that part of my life as far as meeting my favorite bands. I have done that. So that's cool. Um, you know, it's really hard for me to narrow down two bands that I would say you have to go see right now. Um, there's just so many out there. It's like, you know, uh, finding your own genre and finding whatever you enjoy. There's, just tons and tons of great bands. Uh, you know, I I love seeing Tom Petty all the times that I saw him. Again, that's outside of my rock and metal, you know, yeah. main main uh, audience type stuff I want to see. But but I love Tom Petty. Tom Petty is was a was a consummate professional, and he always put on great shows. And I love his music. God,
1: yeah, I'm shows. more of a like a rock guy. But any day of the week, if I get a chance to see Kylie Minogue, I'm in. And that's yeah. just weird, right? Like it's just I have to. I mean, I've only oh. seen her twice because she doesn't really tour Canada or the States. So I just happened to catch her at a festival in Seattle and then I caught her like on a tour in Las Vegas, but Ooh. it's, yeah, it's odd. Just one of those strange things. And then I went and saw the band garbage and yeah. I had a, I had a backstage pass thing, uh, like a meet and greet special thing. And as I'm walking up to take a picture with the band, Shirley Manson's like, are, are you wearing a Kylie shirt? And I looked down and I'm wearing a shirt with Kylie Minogue on it. Right. Uh-huh. And I was like, uh. Yep. Who doesn't like a little Kylie? She was bring it in. We all love Kylie and they weren't doing any hugs. They didn't want any arms around them and stuff when we got there. But when I was wearing the shirt, they welcomed me and they all put their arms around me and gave me a hug for the picture. Aww. And Before the picture was like no hugs. Like, you know, we're trying to, you know, we want to be, stay healthy, keep a little bit of distance, you know, no, no hugging. Right. But yeah, they just all hugged me. I guess they really love Kylie. So I chose wisely for the shirt. <laughs> like I, I never wear the shirt of the band when I go see a concert. I usually buy a shirt there. But I don't ever wear an old shirt there because everybody wears an old shirt for the band that they're going to see.
0: I I do the same. I even actually don't even sometimes wear even uh, rock or metal shirts to a rock rock and metal show. I'll just show up on whatever I feel like wearing, whatever I'm comfortable in. I I used to always think, hey, I got to always have a concert shirt on or whatever. Then I just like, I don't care. And and of course, course I told you about this before, but you know, I got like 400 plus concert shirts to choose from. And sadly, yeah. most of them, most of them haven't been worn in years. Oh
1: my God. Know. What a collection. You can't scrapbook that, right?
0: Yeah. Well, like, I'm going uh, to sell it all. That's the plan.
1: <laughs> Unlimited money. You get yourself a bunch of mannequins and in, in glass and you put your concert shirts on all of them and like sequence of when you saw the show, Put the concert stub in there it'd be amazing.
0: Ah, uh, that would be awesome. I mean, but, it was crazy. When I first started going to concerts, I would always buy a shirt from every band almost like if I liked all the bands I'd buy them. So if it was like, you know, three rock bands, I'd buy three shirts. I mean, I would blow money. Like it was just going out of style. You,
1: you would know? blow money. Like it was a, a dude in a back alley.
0: <laughs> in that case, I wouldn't spend much. <laughs> you, you'd actually get paid. <laughs> Maybe it was Kylie, <laughs> but, uh, no, I was going to actually mention garbage too. Cause I told you about seeing that show here at the, at the, uh, small casino stage and it was just fantastic
1: sorry when was that garbage
0: yeah. uh it was like i don't know what was that last album like around like there's like a tour around like 2015 2016 time frame yeah they, oh. they released an album then yeah yeah
1: uh, they, they did a 20-year anniversary that was the one in 2016
0: yeah that was it yeah, the, I
1: the, saw. yeah, it was like their first album and it was like all the B sides and the regular the stuff. It was two hours of bliss. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: They were they only did one show in Canada. So I had to fly
0: to Toronto for it. Yeah. I think you mentioned that to me back yeah. then. I was telling you about I was gonna see garbage. So
1: yeah, no, it was it was fantastic. Uh my friend who lives out in Toronto, he wanted to go to the show and I said, Hey, do you want to do the meet and greet? He said, Yeah, just buy the tickets. I'm like, Are you sure? Because it's you know X amount of dollars. He's like, Yeah, just buy it, it's totally fine. So I buy it and I have to put on my name and his name on the packages and we have to pick them up separately from the box office right and then the day of the show he texts me and says that his boss won't let him have the day off he's he's a priest and his boss scheduled a meeting out of town that day that they had to travel to he's like there's absolutely no way i can make it i was like i can't do anything with your pass yeah i can't even pick it up so uh when i went to the box office i explained the thing i was like i paid for it it's on my credit card and they're like if you don't have id for him you can't get it so i couldn't even sell it to somebody there were so many people outside the venue that were willing to buy the sold out meet and greet package. And I couldn't wow. sell it because I couldn't, I couldn't pick it up. It really pissed wow. me off. Yeah. And I'm sure it really pissed him off too. Right. Cause he yeah. doesn't get to go see the band, but yeah, I had to fly to, not had to, I got to fly to Toronto to watch a concert. And I saw an old friend from high school. She picked me up at the airport. I hadn't seen her in like 25 years. We hung out for like three hours. That was it. And I haven't seen her since.
0: No, man, this
1: is good, good times, man. Good memories.
0: Yeah, I was, I was going to crack a joke saying, Wow, God really intervened and said, Hey, you can't go <laughs> as a priest. <laughs> but, but, secondly, you know, I mean, I've been to Toronto actually for a, a festival, so there's another, you know, I went to the Gates of Hell festival there in 2004. So, did you
1: say the Gates of Hell or the Gaze of Hell? Yeah,
0: <laughs> well, uh, Gates of Hell. Okay, either way, yeah. it works. Yeah, and I get to see like two or three of the top ever. Canadian thrash bands at that show. I got to see uh, uh, Infernal Majesty, uh, Razor, uh, Anvil, and um, what, was that, what was the other? Exciter all that night. It was great. I like Toronto. Toronto is a fun city. I got, to, I, got to, I got to walk across half of the city to walk back to my hotel in the middle of the night. That was an interesting experience.
1: Uh, I had a rental car, so it wasn't an issue for me. And I was staying at a, <laughs> a hotel near the airport because it had a like free shuttle service to the airport. So I could drop off my rental car and then get a ride back to the airport or to my hotel, and the next morning get a ride back to the airport. Oh, sweet! It it was very convenient for me. Yeah. But the thing that really pissed me off is I was supposed to see the Niagara Falls the day of the concert. So I get my, you know, I'm gonna take the shuttle. I pick up my car, get in the car, I start driving. I'm looking around for a USB port to charge my phone. Hey, guess what? I guess that I got the only model from like. 1995 of a car rental because there wasn't a plug for so I didn't have anything to plug my phone in. so I was like well I need to take pictures of Niagara Falls so I just had my phone turned off for like the hour drive or whatever and then I didn't have time to go back to my hotel so I went to a pub outside of the venue and I went and sat down and had a couple drinks and some you know burgers and fries and I tried to find an outlet so I charged my phone for like an hour at a pub who the fuck has a rental car without a USB port
0: well, hey, I feel the same way, but nowadays it's because they don't have CD players. They quit putting CD players in cars a few years ago. I used to enjoy it. I'd always go on road trips to have a nice CD player in the car. I could play whatever I brought with me or whatever. Yeah. And now you don't have it. You only have a CD player in the car. I'm like, I don't want to get into a car in a strange area that I don't know and try to fill around with trying to play songs off of my phone. It's like, screw you, <laughs> screw you, rental car agencies. See, I, I I'm all about the no CD player.
1: Please give me a USB port so I can play music and actually charge my phone. And you're like, fuck that,
0: <laughs> screw that, yeah, damn man. it, damn it! Some bastard though, in in, uh, in uh, Scranton of all places, Scranton, Pennsylvania. Some bastard has my ACDC Black Eye CD because I left it in the, the the rental car when I flew back home after I got a. I won tickets to the last rehearsal show, of the Black Ice Tour, and I flew up to Pennsylvania to see that, which was really cool. Uh,
1: my f- my friends, when I worked at a restaurant in Abbotsford, we, this is, I guess, probably 2001. So burning CDs was just like a new thing, right? Oh, yeah. So what I did is I downloaded a bunch of adult videos. <laughs> and then I, I ripped the audio out of the video, and I burned it onto a CD as an MP3. Uh-huh. And then I put it in the the... The delivery vehicle at work. So, so the, the, yeah, a new delivery driver. He's 16 years old. He comes back into the kitchen and he slams down the CD in the kitchen, and he's like, "I need to know who the fuck made this right now." And we're all, look, we're all looking at each other. We're scared, right? Because a 16 year old kid, we have no idea. Like, we're in the Bible Belt. That's like, there's like 150 churches in in the city of like 150,000 people, right? Right. So we're like, "Holy shit, holy shit!" We're in a lot of trouble. So obviously, being the big man I am, I have to put up my hand and be like, "I, I, I made it." He's like, you're a fucking God, sir. And he grabs it. He goes back up to the car. So he enjoyed the CD. And I remember being at the movie theater one time and he was dropping off pizza and he pulls up in the rental car. He sees me like waiting in line to buy the tickets and he just cranks up the volume. All you hear out of the the work vehicle that's like totally decked out with like stickers and a vehicle wrap is, oh, oh. (laughs) Oh, and everybody's looking over at him. He's just like, yeah, yeah, devil horns and stuff. Oh, it's amazing. And then uh, my friends and I burned another one and we went to Las Vegas and we had it in the in the car. And every time we got to like a stoplight or a stop sign, we'd unroll the windows, like put them down and just play the porn music really loud with the women screaming. And there's a bunch of little kids, like a prim- primary school or something on a field trip all walking and holding hands. <laughs> and we're blasting it. We're looking out the windows and the teacher's just like looking at us like, what are you guys doing? And my friend Jeff and I are laughing our asses off. And then we ended up leaving it in the rental car. So we're just wondering like, <laughs> when are they gonna go clean the car? And they, they pop in the CD and it's just, women getting laid is all the noise I heard. So I don't know, what what would be better, ACDC or uh, a women porno CD left in the vehicle? Which one would you rather leave behind?
0: Well, since I had paid for the black eye CD, (laughs) I kind of
1: wanted my CD back. (laughs) Which one would you rather find in the car that you just got?
0: (laughs) Oh, the porn, probably. (laughs) Uh, I guess that's a win all around. Yeah, it'd be hilarious. So
1: So when you're at these concerts, do you ever see a bunch of groupies? Um, Like on your backstage experiences, you've never seen...
0: Well, oh, yeah, I have. It's not so much anymore, especially the bands I see, because a lot of the bands I see are all pretty wrinkly and crusty at this point because everybody's like in their late 50s, yeah. early 60s. I mean, when Motley Crue hits the age for regular retirement age in the United States, you know, you're know, getting old.
1: Yeah, but I bet uh, you they're still, they're still getting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Out. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, you know, it's kind of like uh, Dazed and Confused. As I get older, the girls stay the same, you know? As far yeah. as the new the new bumper crop of of uh, of uh, easy women, I guess. Mm. Uh, I mean, back in the '90s, oh yeah, you saw, huh, yeah, you saw a lot of girls, and you'd see them disappear with people, and you're like, well, I know what's going to be happening here pretty soon. Were you ever jealous? Yeah, you know a little bit. I mean, who isn't? You know, you you watch guys basically just picking up some of the hottest girls and getting getting action, and and they don't have
1: to do anything. They no, they don't have to do anything.
0: No, pretty sure this girl I was seeing ended up, ended up banging uh, Chris Alderson House Awards that one year. That was pretty interesting. Yeah. Like, like thanks. While you, while you guys were dating? Yes. Ouch. Yes. Yeah.
1: I'm pretty sure that uh, I was dating a girl that I'm pretty sure she banged the lead singer of Buck Cherry because that's what everybody at her work said she did while we were together. Yeah. So that makes me feel pretty good, you know?
0: Yeah. That doesn't yeah, hurt I- at all. As long as she wasn't the one that he wrote crazy bitch for, then you're okay. No, that that's
1: when the song came out and that's when they were popular. And that's why. Oh they... yeah.
0: Oh, girls lost their friggin' ever loving mind to that song. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. My personal two favorite Buck cherry albums are their first two though, which were five to seven years before that album came out. So I don't, what are they oh, doing well. these days? Any idea? Oh, they're still doing something. I think they got a new album coming out now. I mean, you know, they never really broke above B-level status. I mean, the biggest show I ever saw them do here was probably about a thousand people or so. You know, I mean, they, they never, they played like theaters It's kind of the biggest thing. So, you know, I mean, they're, they're doing okay, but they're not, they're not like a major, major band.
1: Uh, so with all your t-shirts, you said you're going to sell them.
0: Probably some, at least, maybe half.
1: Well, because you said they're not even worn, right?
0: Several of them are probably never, ever worn. Most of most of them have been worn at least once, because normally yeah. like I'd see a show, I'd wear the, the shirt the next day, depending, Yeah. And, and until it got to the point where I was in a career more where I couldn't do that. But by the time I was in a career more where I could do that, I'd kind of stopped buying every concert t-shirt. I mean, when it, especially like, like Motorhead. I got like over 20 Motorhead shirts. You know, it's like, I don't really need to buy another one. Yeah. I still bought one because they're one of my favorite bands, but... I, I quit buying something at every show I went to. I just couldn't afford it. I mean, things just, you know, add up when you got adults and bills versus being a kid and just money to spend. And uh, So then it got to the point where I just buy, like, uh, shirts from bands I'd never seen before. Like, if I finally got to see them, I'd buy a shirt. You know, like, the first time I saw Destruction when they played here from the German thrash band, You know, I bought one of their shirts. The, the only time I ever got to see Halloween play, I bought a shirt at that show. Stuff like that, you know. Um Sometimes I got sometimes I got free shirts, a couple of, you know, like smaller bands. Like if I did a bunch of stuff and and uh did interviews with them and covered them and stuff and they knew who I was, they'd just give me merchandise sometimes, you know. Um, like I said, I've had some interesting experiences, like this band from uh, from Texas with Jason McMasters from Dangerous Toys, his band Broken Teeth. One time he played Kansas City, they didn't really have a road crew with them. So he had me watch his I, I, it was a pretty small bar, so I still had good seats, but I, I watched the show and I ran their merch booth for them while they, while they played so that like, okay. you know, we stole their stuff. You know? So
1: I'm trying to figure this out. A band's on tour. Yes. They don't have people working for them. Not so really. No, they have they, a bus driver. That's it. So they, they look into the bar and they say, which one of these patrons looks honest enough that we can just have them run our merch booth?
0: Well, Jason knew me. I've known Jason since nineteen ninety four. Dangerous Toys. I've been I've been friends with him for years, and we like kind of like pin palled it and emails and stuff like that. And, and I've been covering his band for years, and I'd already seen him like four or five times. They knew I was going to be there. Uh, oh, I didn't, yeah. I didn't. I, I didn't know. Was I did like A random draw. Oh no no, no.
1: Pick the guy in booth four. He'll do it.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that was going to happen, but they knew I was going to be there because anytime they came to town, I was always there. Although you say that. And I actually did do that once for a band that didn't know me from Jack Squat. There's this band, there's a all all woman band called Bottom. The O T T O M. They had nice. two albums out, and uh, they played this little bar called uh, the Pub or the Brick or something like that. I can't remember here. And, and there wasn't a whole lot of people there. And basically, they looked. At, I, t- I was talking to them before they played stuff, and I guess I was just being really friendly. And they're like, "Hey, uh, uh, would you mind watching our stuff?" And they gave me like a hundred dollars in money and said, "Would you watch our stuff here while we play?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure, yeah. I'll do it." You know, one one time I like I went and saw some bands play. And like a security guard had to like take some other guy like out of this other thing. Well, there's security guards who knew me like, hey, can you like watch this area right here and keep people from doing stuff for like the next you know, 10, 15 minutes? I'm like, sure. You know, just weird stuff like that has happened in my life. I mean, uh, you know, I've, I've I've done other stuff, you know, I've promoted shows before and and I uh, did concert promotion like it's like four or five shows for a year for i did my magazine i did a couple of anniversary shows before i just like hey concert promotion is a hard business and it's not for me uh, but you know you know I've, I've i've lived an interesting life i've done a lot of, of weird weird unusual things you know so there you go i owned a record store for a year i don't th- i think i told you that so i had really yeah you didn't know i, I owned a record store i owned a record store 97 What happened after the year folded up? I mean, it was, it was right around like a whole bunch of record stores started, started closing in the late nineties. You know, like it was like things started kind of shuffling off there and that digital started hitting a little bit and a lot of things started folding up. I didn't have a great location and basically I just, lost my butt in it for a year my business partner wasn't going to help stay in it and you know and uh, somehow I convinced a guy who had a lot more money than me to help back it so (laughs) but uh, after a year but not being going anywhere really pulled the plug but you know hey it was a it was a year of an interesting experience so
1: yeah no I I wish I did something like that I mean not not the folding of the the losing of the record store but actually owning the record store back in the day obviously like now I can't even I used to go down to the states all the time to find bootlegs and I could always yeah. find them at record stores, like little mom-pop ones, not not like, you know, HMVs or, you know, Virgin Mega stores, anything like that. They would just carry their regular trash. But yeah, those little right. mom-pop places, those were like gold mines for me back in the late 90s and probably up to like 2002. And then after that, it was just, they were gone. They just didn't yeah. exist.
0: Yeah. There, there, there's so many things that I miss about the music scene from when I was younger, there was so much money floating around in the music scene and it's and it's and it's gone somewhere, you know, I don't know who's who's but it's gone up, but it, it just disappeared and it just, you know, destroyed Many different types of careers around the music industry. You know, it's you know, it caused you know lots of studios to close up and go away. You know, all the all the people who were you know producers and mixers and engineers and you know it killed the amount of record stores. I mean, we used to have probably ten to twelve different used small little CD music stores in Kansas City, and there's like I don't know maybe five now you know i mean my friend ran one he owned one for 22 years and he finally had to fold he just couldn't make money in you know, a float and he was selling stuff online and there i mean just everybody's just quit really buying the um you know the the uh the physical yeah. the physical uh product i mean i like to buy cds but i can't keep up with the amount of bands that i want to buy on cd I um, mean, so I end up downloading a lot of stuff, and I hate to say, sometimes I, uh, you know, I don't pay for it. <laughs> yeah. But it's not because of choice. I'd rather pay for it and have it. But and if it's a band that I, I I check out and I really enjoy them, I usually eventually go ahead and buy the CD just because I really love the physical product. But a lot of times I'll 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 take stuff and I'll play a couple of tunes on my radio show and help promote it, and if it doesn't really do much for me. Eh, eh whatever. I'm not going to go buy the CD for it. Uh, but but just so many things around the music industry. And, and of course, you know, the last couple of years with COVID's killed all the artists ability to make money, you know, cause everybody, everybody had given up on making money with, with the music, the actual music. You can't make any money off of that because yeah. nobody's buying it. Everybody's either, you know, listening to Spotify and streaming services and not paying for it at all or downloading it and not paying for it, which I'm not really quite sure if you listen to it on streaming, well, I guess they're supposed to get this tiny, tiny little bit of amount of money. So if you stream it versus downloading and then playing on your computer, then, you know, you're yeah, still no, the, helping. The, the artists,
1: the artists it, don't make money off
0: streaming, right? Like they, no. they sell the rights to their music. I I would be much happier if CDs were like five bucks a piece and the band got half of that and whoever distributed it got half of it. You know, if there was a way to do something like that, that'd be great. But but CDs nowadays are back up into the, you know, 14 to 20 dollar price range because they don't make very many of them. You can't get them, you know, and that was the price that I was paying for them back when they first came out in 19, you know, in the, in the late eighties, I mean, yep. Lord, you, you know, I go into a record store. I only have a certain amount of money. I'd have to go, okay, I can afford one CD or three cassettes. What do I decide? <laughs> you know, and you couldn't listen to things in advance back then you'd look at the album cover and go, well, this <laughs> might be pretty good. You know, well, I mean, on,
1: on the most part, an album has two great songs one okay song and then like seven songs that are throwaways you know what i mean like yeah there there's a very there's very few and far between albums that are like oh 11 awesome tracks
0: that's true i mean you know it, it, i mean i i've got a lot of albums that i love like almost every song on it like like a lot i mean a lot of deep tracks from a lot of my favorite bands you know
1: but is but, that did those come out at a certain time in your life where you needed that music? Like you needed
0: exactly. It? That was probably more than anything else. Is the fact that when I was in my teens and early twenties, I had a lot more time to listen to music. So I would listen to albums all the way through. Nowadays I get I get with the radio show, I get between thirty and hundred bands a week emailed to me. I am lucky if I listen to 15 of them. I mean, unless there's some band that I know who they are, I get new bands like I don't know who they sound like. I don't have time to listen to it. And the thing is, is like I mentioned before about, you know, I got to download it, do this, put it on this <laughs> device, do whatever to listen to it. When before, if I got a CD in the mail, guess what? I could grab five or six CDs. I open them all up. I hop in the car. I'm on my way to work. It's a half hour drive. I could pop one in, listen to a couple of songs. Hey, if it's good, let it keep playing you know, if it sucks, pop it out after a couple of songs, throw another one in, you know, and and it was, it was easy for me to do it that way. And I know some people think that the digital is easier, but I'm just, I'm just old fashioned.
1: (laughs) See, I I love the digital. I mean, I, I love the convenience and stuff. Like my mom, this is hilarious. She's living in a town in Washington where she doesn't have good cell service or cable TV. So she's trying to use like her, you know, just I don't know where, do you, where does the, the signal come from for, for TV if you don't have a cable plugged in like old rabbit ear style. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So she's, she's doing that and she's got like unlimited data on her phone. I was like, you guys have Amazon prime. Why don't you download the app? You can watch so much TV because she was complaining that there's really nothing to watch and nothing to do all day. And she's trapped inside. She's COVID freaking out. Right. Right. So yeah, I, you know, walked her through downloading the prime app for uh-huh. Amazon movies and you, turned
0: her, you turned her into a crazy person about download stuff, didn't you? She,
1: she's, she's a vegetable now because <laughs> she's just like, I watched Hoarders for 12 hours. Like I, I have, I have like three more seasons to go. This is amazing. And she's like, I watched all of Fleabag, all the stuff you're sending me. I'm just sitting down and watching 12 hours a day of TV. <laughs> I was like, well, it should be sitting there doing nothing,
0: you know? <laughs> right.
1: So I, I think she's going to get addicted to this downloading stuff, even though it's usually a nightmare to get her to download because it's, <laughs> it's about an hour and a half process to get her to like double click on something and hit install.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And I, I, I usually do shows about it. Like I talk about my mom's inept at, in, 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 in depth what is it Ineptability, she's
0: ineptitude
1: ineptitude there we go yes. her ineptitude in technology yeah but now that she has it and it's installed she is just like a fiend
0: yeah, I, I was gonna say. I tell you what, you you unleash some technology and just moderately train some some older people in your life, and just it's just like taking a wind up toy and like putting it on a perpetual battery, and they just bounce <laughs> around. Like, oh, well, I can't believe I can do all this stuff. Oh yeah, you know.
1: So she's she's a pretty happy lady now that she's you know trapped at home. I tell she you what, lots of stuff to watch.
0: Oh yeah, Well, that's my mom watches tons of TV, and she's got she's got cable, but when I discovered the fire stick and I was able to download that and I was able to watch stuff, I was watching just all kinds of stuff, yep. you know? So then I got tired of it. I'm just not much of a TV watcher anymore. I watch, I, I still watch DVDs and I'll binge watch seasons of stuff, but we're getting into topics off of the music. So
1: yeah, fair enough.
0: Yeah. Another episode. Another episode. we got plenty of topics to cover.
1: Those are all my questions that I have, other than uh, have you ever banged a rock star? Uh, No. Have you banged
0: somebody who, you know, was almost a rock star, used to be a rock star? Well, you know, it's kind of hard There's not, I mean, there are more women rock stars in, uh, in, in the scene. And since that's the way, that's my flavor is this was women rock musicians. Yeah. Uh, there are plenty that I would bang. Um, even some older ones I'd still bang. I still do Lita Ford. She's a little up there in years now, but so am I. So, you know, whatever. Um, had a thing for Joan Jett, like huge back in the day, but since she likes the same thing I like, you know, yeah, probably not going to happen. Uh, you, you, uh, could always, you could always
1: ask to watch.
0: Well, I, I think she does swing both ways. I mean, she did a song called ACDC and it wasn't about the band. <laughs> um, so good for her. I have no problem with that. She's, you know, she's a great musician. First time I ever saw her, speaking of still concerts, first time I ever saw her was a notorious turn. I was dead front row center right in front of her. I mean, literally, I couldn't be getting closer to her unless I was like behind her putting it to her. And uh, I mean, right there, I got the set list from the show. That was her set list. I got her guitar pick. And when she was playing, she leaned out in the crowd. She just put her chest right in my face. <sighs> Now there wasn't much of one, but what was there was right in my face. I mean, literally, literally within an inch of my nose. I mean, Uh, you know, and for a 22 year old man, that was pretty damn sweet.
1: A happy day for Charlie Ray.
0: It was. You know, you don't get a rock star's boobies right there in your face every day. So, So like
1: 25 years later, and you still feel it right now. I still
0: do. I mean, it was. It's. It's a great feeling. Um, But yeah, nope, nope. I've never. I've never really. uh, had any such luck in uh, in the rock star world um but hey you know there's still tomorrow there is you know all you
1: got all you gotta do is sell all those shirts and make some bank and then go to some more festivals
0: man you know all the all the hot rock and roll chicks want a long haired skinny dude and that's just not me you mm. you'd probably have more of a chance clay well i gotta get there yeah that or that or they gotta have uh tommy lee's Monster in his trousers. That's true. That That, thing's a beast. Yeah, that that thing could probably subdue Kong. Forget about Godzilla.
1: Yeah, bring out bring out the Motley Crew. Which one? (laughs) T Bone. Just 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 (laughs) Tommy. Just bring him out. He'll take care of business. And
0: and that's how you found out why T Bone was named T Bone. Yep. Yeah.
1: I think that was probably the first video I ever downloaded when I had the internet was the Pam and Tommy on the boat. Yeah, that was like the first video I downloaded. I was quite proud of myself. Still you know i wrote to this day
0: yeah I, I really feel sorry for any guy who went after tommy lee with her because oh, you yeah. know he probably saw that video and they're just going how do i measure up i yeah, mean I it's can. pretty hard to measure up because i mean that's like a one percenter right there yeah you know i mean that's not the average that's not the average uh the average johnson let's put it that way
1: but i mean it wasn't enough to
0: keep her so now well, you know she's had several marriages and I don't know. so's he. I mean, when you're, when you, when you play, you know, when you play in that kind of world, you're a whole different kind of squirrely, you know, I can't uh, even imagine. I, I, I can't can, even can, imagine either. I can I mean, dream. I mean, hello. He had Heather Locklear before yeah. her. Of course, then she had a mental breakdown here a few years ago. And then, then she married Richie Sam and that didn't work out. And then he married somebody else and that didn't work out. And then Pamela Lee's married like two or three people and that didn't work out. I mean, it's just, you know, everybody's just like, a, that's like, why, why do you even get married? I mean, if you're rich and famous, why do you even get married? No, What's the point? No. What's the
1: point? To build a no,
0: brand. Another topic, another topic for another show right there.
1: If you're a celebrity, uh, don't get married.
0: Yeah. If you're a celebrity, don't get married. Actually, you know, a topic I wanted to cover one of these days now, nah, I won't even mention it here. I'll talk to you about it off offline, off-line but, uh, <laughs> well, no, let's talk about it now. Why not? Who cares? Right. Uh, What makes more sense to have sex with a male to female transgender because they were born male, but they believe in that innately that they're a woman or to have sex with a female to male who looks like a dude, but might still have the female anatomy, but believes they're a man. So which one is really, really what you'd prefer to have sex with? Because that kind of tells you where you stand because you're either you're either a a biology person or, uh, you know more of a biology doesn't explain everything kind of person. It's a really interesting dilemma
1: so I'm thinking from my point of view I think I would much rather have boobs pretty face and a penis versus manly face no chest and a vagina. yes yeah so that, that's the route I'm gonna go so that that would be the born male but born male genitalia but born female gender no yeah uh, like yes. you're, you, yeah you're born with male genitalia but you are born a female and then you transition which means right. you, you know, you, you chisel the cheekbones, you get rid of the Adam's right. apple, right. you get the boobs. Yeah. You know, the hormones, but yeah, I think that's the route I'm going to go.
0: Yes. I I would probably say I agree with you. I've never had the opportunity, nor do I expect I will. Well, Hey, say, that's, that's what Tinder's for. Hey, you know, <laughs> in Thailand apparently, but um, speaking of know. Thailand, have we planned out that trip yet? You really, <laughs> you really wanted to go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wanted to go to Vietnam. That's where oh, I went. No, sorry. That's go. what it was. I kept yeah. thinking Thailand. Maybe that's where I wanted to go.
0: Yes, maybe. I'm sure if we go to Vietnam, it's only like a $50 plane ticket from Vietnam over to Thailand.
1: I feel like the movie Euro Trip. it's like, oh, oh man, Thailand is like a suburb of Vietnam. We can walk there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, just through Cambodia. No big deal. 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 Yeah. You know, I think we should take a road trip. We should hit Vietnam and Laos and Cambodia and Thailand. I'd probably skip uh, Myanmar right now since they're undergoing uh, that really bad coup attempt and Brutal crackdown, so we'll skip that.
1: Well, I say All challenge right. accepted.
0: Okay, that's
1: what I say. All right,
0: I'll let you go first, and I have to plan out the escape to bust you out of the jail.
1: My mom likes listening to me plan really stupid shit. Yeah, because she knows I'm <laughs> gonna follow through with it.
0: Oh <laughs> nah, so, man, I, I think the next road trip we need to plan. We need we need to do the Germany thing. And we I'm, need to visit I'm it. so down. I, yes. I love that country. Two reasons for Germany thing A, Oktoberfest, and B, Eros centers.
1: Yes. <laughs> we need to go. Yes. Well, on yes. that note, we do actually really need to go. Yes. So I'm going to wrap this up by thanking the listeners. I'm going to thank Charlie Ray. And once again, radio show Charlie Ray, Midnight Tuesday Night, where do we find you?
0: Uh, you can find me on kkfi.org, which is streaming around the world. Uh, every Tuesday night at midnight, which is central standard time, whatever your time zone is to that All right, high voltage voltage rock and roll radio show. And Mr. Clay, thank you for another exciting interview show. Next time I'll have more questions for you. This one kind of focused on me, but we'll have plenty of more talks coming up in the future here on the fabulous adventures of Mr. Clay and Charlie Ray. And uh, if there's
1: anything I love talking about, it's definitely me.
0: Well, we can talk about you all the time, Clay. We got to hear some of your adventures. I've had—I've talked about plenty of my adventures, so I, and I know you've had some, especially involving statues. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a little obsession there. I do, right,
1: right. and until I get handcuffs thrown on me, hasn't well. happened yet.
0: <laughs> well, I do want to thank the listeners as well. If you stuck through this whole meandering episode and some of my stories, I hope you appreciated them. Uh, it was a good, good, fun walk down memory lane with uh, with Clay here.
1: So, yeah, if you like what you hear, you can follow us on Instagram. Uh, facebook answers for everything podcast pretty much on any platform you can think of and yeah give us a like give us a review share us
0: share us loud and proud
1: peace out no dolls see you next week (laughs) was your was your was your was
0: your was your
1: was your was your was your was your was your